morning and uh, thanks for the birthday wishes and uh, I'm telling you it was a special day in downtown Sky Took 86 years ago so yeah My mom got and dad got married when uh, <clears throat> he was 22. She was just a few months past 16. And uh, I was born one week before she turned 18. So uh, we had our birthdays real close together. But I declare the Holy Spirit has a message and a word for you this morning. On Facebook, we welcome you. Holy Spirit speaking to you this morning, so stay with us. I'm glad you guys are here. It's good to see you this morning. <clears throat> We've been studying what I've been calling basic, just fundamental biblical truths that we have to have as our foundations. We talked about uh, what real repentance was, the difference that in just being remorseful or sorry for your sin but when you really repent things changed so if you think you've repented of something you're still doing it I don't think you've repented then uh, last week we talked about election being elected by God predestined by God to live in this day and time now I want to talk some more I want to talk uh, more about discipleship today. But there's some must you must have in your life. And that's the Word of God and the Holy Spirit of God. You're not going to make it and do what He puts you on earth to do without both of those involved in your life. One won't do it. It's kind of like, which is most important, prayer or, or reading the Word? Well, if your house is on fire, I'd go to fire. You know, I'd, I'd go to prayer. I mean, there's just, there's a time and place, isn't there? But <clears throat> that's why I want to preach Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Don't forget about the tragedy on the cross. What it cost God. I had a some song in my heart. I can't I think of all of it. This, I had it this morning to think of it now. That, uh, oh, that a king would die. Would, would live and die for eyes. The way the song went, I believe. And I thought, but a king lived and died and lives again so we can have that life in us. See, if you're a born-again believer, you, you've got the Godhead lives within you. I mean, it's not like I'm out here just hollering out to something. I, kinda, I really got a picture of the Lord this morning singing a couple of songs. Thank you for that last one particularly. But uh, Luke 3.21, and you, you know this scripture. 
Now, when all the people were baptized, Jesus was also baptized. So baptism's important. If you've been born again, if you hadn't been baptized, you're rebellious. You're not obeying God's word. Jesus was baptized. And I've talked to people about that, and you know what they bring up? What about the thief on the cross? I said, if it's your last day, it's okay. Come on. The things we use to try to get out of being obedient to what God says. And while he, Jesus, was praying, now that's another good thing, isn't it? We better pray. When you pray, heaven gets open. Heaven was open. And the Holy Spirit descending upon him in bodily form like a dove. It wasn't a dove, but just something they saw. And a voice came out of heaven saying, You're my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. You're my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. See, in that day and time in Jewish custody, when a, uh, a man matured, a son matured, and the father realized he's really ready to go be who he's supposed to be, the father in the service or ceremony would say, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Well, that's what father said over Jesus. He says that more over us than we believe. Come on. The saints who are in the earth. He talks about that. He loves us. But we still want to think, not me. We have got to believe. One of, one of the words I've got years ago, and it, it, it scared me spitless, was... And I've told you about it. It's Isaiah 48.10. says, Behold, I've refined you, but not like silver. I've refined you in the furnace of affliction. And I just thought, what am I getting ready to go through? Instead of what I'd already been through also. He's got such good plans for us. But why discipleship? Well, I'm going to tell you, it's so lacking, and I know I'm... It's like preaching to the choir this morning. But I, I just read this and heard some of it even yesterday from uh, Lance Wall now and Charlie Kirk. That uh, in 1983, Rick Warren, who was a Baptist man, and uh, Jack Hayford, who was a Pentecostal, got together. and I mean, they were strategizing what does America needs. And he said, we need church growth. We need to build more churches. We, this is what we need. And they started that process. D. James Kennedy and some others told them, said, if you don't put discipleship in that in 30 years, we'll have Marxisms and the churches will be shut down. See, when World War II ended, General Eisenhower at that time Ask them to send missionaries to Japan. And it really didn't happen. And what did they, he say the other day? It's just, a, yeah, a missionary working over there now wins one person every 10 years. We need discipleship in America. Now, we've went years thinking, I mean, the church was good. 
And the church is still good. But there's a difference between church and the ecclesia of God. And when you really read that verse, when he says, I'll build my church, he's talking about the ecclesia, which is the government of God. So I'll ask you, are you part of the government of God? Are you influencing that? See, that's what we are called to do. One noted man, John Maxwell, spoke recently to the Assembly of God pastors in a conference. I'm not sure if there was... I know one way I heard it, there was a thousand pastors there. In other words, I heard it, it was pastors who had a thousand people in their churches. But anyway, he told them to leave off politics. Stay out of it. Charlie Kirk said, I'm going to call him. I mean, it's not just political. We have got to be involved to change cultures. We can all say right here, we're all saved, born again, and stay right here. And you hear of those groups that gather up and they decide when Jesus is going to come and they all get together and huddle and that's what you end up. Because we fail to reach out. If this is so great, why don't we do something about it? I mean, when somebody gets saved and brought through things, they're very thankful for that. If Richard's drowning and I pull him out of the lake, he'll tell everybody that Gerald saved my life. But you know, in two or three years, he'll get tired of telling that story. I'll get tired of hearing it and we go on. <laughs> and that's kind of the way we do Jesus. And it's wrong. The biggest thing in my life, of course it has to be initial salvation, but to me as a 10-year-old kid, it wasn't really as big as in my early 30s when the Spirit of God dealt with my heart. That was a big thing. But God is working in us to will and work for His good pleasure. Matthew 28, verse 18. <clears throat> Everybody doesn't you isn't as used to hearing maybe the scriptures and issues talked about as you are. That's not the case everywhere. And I know every pastor, all of them I know, they're doing exactly what they, we think we're doing, what, we're told, what God would lead us to do. <clears throat> and Jesus came up and spoke to them. You know, this is, one of the last times he spoke to the disciples before he ascended. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe All that I've commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the ends of the earth. Put that scripture back up, would you please? Oh, you didn't have that one? Okay. I didn't give you that list? 
Okay, good. That's why you're supposed to bring your Bible to church, David. I heard him say, I forgot and left it in the car, I think. <laughs> I, I invite you to come, uh, come early and pray with us on, sun, on Sunday morning. We have a good time here. I mean, some of you know you're supposed to. Oh, I have to get up early? Look, I used to have to get up earlier and go feed the horses before and da-da-da. I understand. It's going to cost you something to get where God wants you. And if... <clears throat> we already heard one that said here this morning they'd repent of just not doing stuff. Letting stuff go. It, it, we just have to stay in the fight. Well, you could say, maybe I wasn't called to be baptized. To baptize people. But you're called to lead people. You're called to teach people. You're called to mentor people. You didn't know it, but you know it now. You, you've made, I've made you aware. Why did He save you? Why? Just because you're so special. That's why he chose us all. He chose us. But then he gave us a free will. And we can and lost people say, I'll have no part of it. And we Christians want enough of it to get to heaven. And we say, rest that's not for me. Well, I've got a word for you. You're missing what God's got you here for. He has got such a plan. He's got such a purpose. I won't look at the board for this scripture, but it's Matthew 13, 10. And you know, I, I've debated about putting scriptures up anyway at times. Yes. The disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? And Jesus answered, To you it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them it has not been granted. See the difference in a disciple? You know what it is? It's intimacy. It's getting to know someone. Someone you really know, you know a lot about them. I met some people yesterday and said, we want to, this is not for public knowledge. Okay. But he wants us to know his way. He preached to the crowds, but to those followers, and there was more than 12. You know, one time he sent out 70. But he explained things to them. He made them known. <clears throat> you will not find your life's passion and purpose 
putting Jesus Christ in second place in your life. You'll not find your life's passion and person, purpose putting Jesus Christ in second place in your life. Your life's passion and purpose comes from the living Christ within you. The living Christ. There's a living Christ by His Spirit lives within a believer. <clears throat> and you can say, oh, I wouldn't do that. But we'll talk about that. What draws you away from being who God wants you to be? What is that? It's, God, when I have time, I'm going to get to this. It's getting quieter in here. I think this was in the uh, word for today yesterday. It said 50% of supposedly happy, happily married couples said, I would not marry my spouse again if I had a choice. See the where the world is? I don't see much difference in the church. We need discipleship in every area of our life, but we need to you have to be a disciple to do that. You have to choose. You have to make that choice. The world will say, Come on, we're gonna do this. And you just say, No, I can't do that. That's the day I go to church, or that's the day I do. We're, that's, oh, I can say that's Wednesday night. Amen, Brother Gerald. See, Jesus said, I'm the vine, you're the branches, and he who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, though, you can do nothing. And if you think you've got the talent and the ability to go do it, it's called the school of hard knocks. But then Apostle Paul comes along in Philippians 4.13 and said, In Christ, I can do all things. I can do all things through Him who strengthens me. Apart from Him, zero. <clears throat> and men, you're setting the example. You're setting the example that will... Your kids will live by it. They'll live by it. This is what we did. If somebody come along, we just said, no, we won't go to church. We'll just stay home. Look, if God sends you on an assignment, I don't care if you're in here today, you get up and go do that assignment. This is not church law. It's what the Word of God says if you want to be a disciple. He said, if, if, and you've got to answer that question about if you want to be a real disciple or you just want to say, I think I've got my name on the roll of heaven and someday I'll get there. <laughs> Hebrews 10, 23 says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful and he is he is faithful. I love that line in that song. All my life you've been faithful to me. I attest to that. He's been faithful to me and I've been unfaithful to him many times. 
but he's been faithful to me. And it says in verse 25, Hebrews 10, 25, and this is in most Bibles. Well, it must not be in some. Not forsaking our own assembling together. That means that we meet regularly together. As is the habit of some, he says some are forsaking that, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. It's a discipline you just ha you have to to say this is the most important thing in my life. If I don't get my life started out right every day with the Lord, we need to do it every day. But we need to come together. You've got more to offer this group than you know. You're a part of us. A family dinner is not just right without everybody being there. And that's the way I look at this service. I can always tell you who's not here. I'm missing Jeff this morning. Jeff Cooper. We miss you guys. Glad you and the baby are good. Harold's doing better. <laughs> but see, he said some people are already forsaking the assembling together. Now, as I said, if God's got you on assignment, you go do it. But you be sure he's got you on assignment. Because you go play on his day when you ought to be here or wherever he wants you. It's not good. I attest to that. It's not good. Ephesians 4.14 says, As a result, we're no longer to be children tossed about by every wind and doctrine. And see, we are. We're, we're just, we can do this. I'm, I'm free. Look, you are free from, this is not church law. You're free as far as I'm concerned. You're, you don't have to give an account to me. You're going to have to give an account to him. But I'm, I'll give an account and I'm going to say, I told them. What they do with it's up to you. You have a choice. I have a choice. I, ha I had to make that choice. Dixie made it before I did. Romans 8, 19 says, For the creation waits eagerly for the revealing of the sons of God. You know what's wrong with the country? Where's the sons of God? Where are the sons of God? We know where all the big sports figures are. We know who the celebrity stars are. Where are the sons of God that creation is waiting for? California's in a wreck right now. They've got more rains coming. They've been dry and then they've been, they've been flooded again. And they've just had some. They've got more was predicted last night. And it washes things away out there. Creation is groaning, 
Where are the sons of God? Are you a son of God? Do you make that stand? People know you know you're a son of God. I've heard those testimonies. I didn't know he went to church. That was said about me one time. I understand. I told a guy, he told me, and this was way back, about a guy and said, he's a Christian. I said, I didn't know that. He said, that's the same thing he said about you. And I told him you were. The anxious longing of the creature waits eagerly for the revealing of the sons of God. Are you a son of God? I mean, you can, you, you're part of a bride, so women, you're, you're a son of God also. Romans 8.14 says, All who are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. How do you get led by the Spirit of God? Well, you, you've got to be filled with the Spirit of God. You've got to let the Spirit of God fill you. You've got to let Him take you over. Didn't, see, we need to reckon this old nature dead every day. Because you know what? It wants to take over. It wants to rule and reign. It wants to. It's a battle. It's still a battle. It'll be a battle. It always is. Satan doesn't give up. He is a defeated foe, but we don't always realize he's a defeated foe. And that's, if you're a son of God, you get to that place. <clears throat> he's wanting us to, to be mature in him. How long does it take? I don't know. But as long as you're in that process. And you know, you can call Him Lord. You can look at yourself in the mirror and say, I've called You Lord. You're my Lord. You're Lord of everything. You're Lord of my family. Your family can't be your Lord. If your family's your Lord... You're wrong. That's an idol. You can't let society rule you just because they say it's a certain day and you've got to be doing something. I'm led by God. How, how do we apply this in everyday situations? That's why... <clears throat> Here's what we have to do. See, in, in reading the Word of God and being led by the Spirit and getting to know God, you begin to develop principles in your life. And you begin to build on them. Maybe one of them early in church, you was, maybe giving is one. Then maybe you realize, you know, I need to learn to pray more than just over my food. I mean, and you, you read this, well, I, I need to add that to my life. And you keep building them. And then that eventually is who you become as you continue to add those platforms to your life. 
But you've got to. I mean, we try to teach our children. We even send them to school to learn. And, and we teach them things. But it's, it's so easy to skip this. Because the world, it says, don't be conformed to the world. But the world wants to conform us. And the flesh wants to be conformed to the world. But it's, it's time. Where are the sons of God? Where's the, the Elijahs? Where, where are they? Well, let me tell you, they can be right here. We are making more of a difference than we realize, probably. But let me tell you, You know what the Banny Rooster said when he visited the ostrich farm and he come home rolling a big egg? <laughs> Girls, I don't want to complain, but I want you to see what they're doing other places. Where are the sons of God? Where are the Elijahs? We read about them. Where are they? Who's the next Billy Graham? Might be Charlie Kirk. It might be in here. Come on. It's people just like us. It's not too late for you. Listen, every day is a new day, and you're either learning something or you're declining. And you, and you let, if you're letting your kids lead you around and you just got to do what they want to do, you're wrong. I had a man, I, and he's a good brother and a friend, and he ministers, and I think he probably ministered here a time or two. But I got so tired of his kids. They come in here one time, and it's kind of late getting here. And he said, well, we wanted to stop and eat, and one of them wanted one kind of a hamburger and the other one wanted to be another one and it wasn't right there so we had to make two stops. I said, you didn't have the same dad I did. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. What are idols? What are, what is a family's responsibility? Where are the sons of God? Jesus said in Matthew 16, 24, If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Sometimes that's a lonely road. But then you'll get where you enjoy it. Because you get away from some of the clutter that's all around. But to start with, hmm, do I really want to do that? Am I willing to raise my hand and say, no, it's me, I'm going to do it. And I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. Hebrews 10, 7 says, Then I said, this is what Jesus said, Behold, I've come, and it's written in the scroll of the book about me, to do your will. And he knew it was going to cost him his life to start with. 
Satan wants to kill you. But him and God both want you to die. God wants you to die to yourself. And Satan wants to take you out. But you can do all things through Christ that strengthens you and nothing on your own for good. You can do it on your own, but it's not for good. Acts 1.8, you know this verse. But you receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witness both in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and even the remotest parts of the earth. I won't ask you how many of you claim to be filled with the Spirit of God. But he said, the Word of God says, if you are, you are my witness both in your hometown, your county, your state, and wherever I send you. How does that apply to your life? How does that fit? See, it's easy to say, I am, I am. And the world's sick and tired of us telling what all we claim to do for God. But you tell them what God's doing for you, and they'll want to come. Where are your friends? Where are they at? How's our light shining? I challenge you with this message. You either need to be being mentored in the Word of God or, or you need, and you need to be mentoring someone else. Who are, you, who are you mentoring? Who are you letting speak into your life on a regular basis? Who do you ask you speak into my life? Where are the sons of God? I love to hear Dutch and Tim Sheets, Chuck Pierce, Clay Nash, there's a lot of those God's raising up. And there's, there's many more. This brother we've got coming in a couple of weeks. But what about Skytook? What kind of a mark are we making in Oklahoma? Well, what's your part in it? See, you can have as much of God as you want. That, in fact, you, you've got as much of God as you want. Or you'd get more. It's a process. But I'll challenge you with this. Some of you need to come really get on the team. I love every one of you. I pray for each one of you. And I challenge you with this. It's not just I want my name on the roll and hope I can, it'll get me to heaven. And then meanwhile, I can do whatever I want to do while I'm here. God's calling us. He's calling us. 
See, I don't want us to be a church. I want us to be the ecclesia, the governing body. We're all in that process. You're not too young or too old. We lost a star this week in Miss Ruby. A week ago this morning, her daughter found her slumped over in her chair. Sent her to hospital. She never really regained consciousness. I've, Angie and I visited her. I visited her. We, we prayed over her. We believed for her. But the doctors gave her no hope to start with. But yesterday afternoon, her spirit left her. She's with the Lord. Ruby's good. But I miss her. Because she was, I don't know how long she was with us, just a year or so or something. I met her through Clay Stairs. Clay called me and she said, Gerald, this lady, <clears throat> she's a prayer warrior and she knows the people, kind of people you, you guys know. And she got us, we had a phone conversation and she showed up, was here a time or two, and she said, I found my people. We're on a journey. But it takes an ecclesia to do it. And I challenge you with your part. I challenge you to make that decision today. To decide you want to be a son of God. You just don't want to. You want to be a disciple of Jesus. You don't have to get it tattooed on you or get you a bracelet or anything it'll be on your heart where is the fruit of your life of you being a disciple right now where's that at if you are where is that now if I said anything that I can't back up with the word of God okay, thank you See, that's who he's called us to be. You want the best for your family. I want the best for mine. And I call in those he, others he wants to be a part. But I ask you today, where are you at in this process? Where are the idols in your life that you're going to let keep you from being who God's called you to be? They come in all sizes and shapes, too. They come in all kinds of good things. I can't read everything. Everybody sends you all this stuff. You can't read it all. You can't keep up with everybody's ministry. You can't do that. You've got to sort out where God's got you and go toward that. Why not us? Why not now? It's more than a Sunday event. It's a lifelong journey.
It applies to every nation. You that are watching this day in other states, other countries. I decree you let Jesus Christ be the Lord of your life and your situation. Let's stand. Holy Spirit, just have your way in all of our lives that our desire would be to please you. And we'd hear you say, well done, good and faithful servant. I stand against the God of this world that says that's too hard. That's a lie. All things are possible with him who believe. It's a faith journey. And it starts with you taking a step today and saying, I know I need to step into what God wants me to be, not just me. The altars are open if you want to come pray. If you want someone to pray with you, I'd be glad to pray for you. You claim to be filled with the Spirit. Where is the evidence in your life? What's God doing in your life that He's not doing your lost neighbor? Lord, we bless you. Lord, we crying out to you for a move of your Spirit in our group, Lord. Our, we want to be the ecclesia you've called us to be, Lord. Come on, men. Come on, women. I want to be the son of God. God's called me to be. Those afternoon appointments are wait. You have to decide what's most important in life. It's Jesus. It's about Him and His kingdom. you've never been born again if you're not saved you need to come this morning and ask Jesus to come into your life to make you the person he wants you to be come leave your cares your anxieties wrong habits desires whatever they are leave them here with Jesus Repentance will bring a change. Lord, we desire to be led and filled with the Spirit of the living God. We bless you, Lord. We bless you. We bless you, Lord.
I promise he's a good God. Things that I thought would be hard to give up and lay down, I'm so glad I did. I'm so glad. He's a good father. He'll give you what you need. just good good to get quiet before the Lord you'll hear the Holy Spirit say something to you sons of God. Well, what the Lord say to you? Somebody tell me. 
Any other words this morning? I love you and bless you. I'm glad you're here today. Mike, I'm glad you came. He's the king of all kings. He is faithful. His word is true. I look forward to seeing you Wednesday night. Bless you in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Get you a piece of cake. You go out.